Okay, okay, we back in the building. I am your host, Shop Diesel, and we're here with another episode of Check the Credits Podcast. Okay, so this is a podcast where we put a spotlight on and acknowledge some people who may, you know, kind of go unnoticed for some of their contributions to song. They could be songwriters, they could be producers, engineers, just people because, you know, today's digital world that we in, you know, you don't get to see the credits for some of these masterpieces, right? Um, so unless you do your true due diligence to find out who did what, who played on what, who wrote what, you, you really don't know. So we're going to dedicate this time to do that. And this week, we have a special guest. I mean, this guy has worked with the likes of the Notorious B.I.G., Diddy, Faith Evans, Beyonce, The Locks, Black Rob, Fat Joe, Big Pun, LL Cool J. The list goes on and on. I can go on for days about what he's done. Um, he's also was handpicked. He's one of the members of the great production collective that we know as the Hitman with Stevie J. All put together. And, you know, handpicked, I said, by none other than Sean Puffy Combs, P. Diddy Combs. Um, today we have in the building producer Young Lord. Salute to you, my brother. What's up? What's up? Chop Diesel. Man, feeling good. I'm glad to be here, man. Okay, now now I mentioned a bunch of names, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, but for some clarification, let the people know exactly what songs, what projects, what albums you, you actually worked on. Oh, man. You know what? I was so lucky to uh, get with uh, Diddy when I did. I uh, signed with him in 94, late 94. And I was able to sit in and shadow a, like a bunch of monstrous classic records. I'm talking about from like, you know, when they were finishing up Mary's My Life album to, uh, you know, just... Uh, the big remixes that came out after Ready to Die, the Faith album, Total, all, all those great things. And what was so dope is that when I got with him, Diddy didn't like my music. He he, he didn't like my music at all. And it was funny, I listened to some of that stuff and uh, I'm like, dang, you know, this guy was so confident in himself that he's like, yo, if, I, if this kid just hangs around, he'll, he'll get it, you know? And that's so dope. But what he did, since he didn't like my music, you know, he kind of, I don't think he did this on purpose, but he kind of had me learn how to do all the stuff that he didn't want to do. So for example, um, when they out, out, out at the clubs, you know, I'm like supervising the, the mixes and he has me doing drops on records to teach me how to do drops. He, he editing joints, um, like, um, just being a part of the process. And then at a certain point, you know, I started producing and, and uh, it, you know, took on its life of its own. But the, um, the things that he had me do, you know, were definitely implanted and, and helped me become a well-rounded producer. I mean, even for example, like uh, he had me going through all of Big's verses to find possible hooks you know, like for example, um, you know, on uh, the world is filled with the two short on the big album, and they got to make it hot. Like that's something I found. You know what I'm saying? And what it did. So it's like all of those small things, you know. And then I also became. Um, I got to assist Derek Angeletti, who was uh, after like '96. He became the, the head of A&R there, 
And I think they called me one day and I swear, I think they were joking. I think they were just kind of like, you know, on the low trying to play me, but they, they, they was like, all right, we're going to put you in like um, control of like the interludes. You know what I'm saying? Now me, that was like, uh, you know, even though they, they think it's funny, whatever the case, right? And I say that because there was a little laughter when they said this, right? But it was the first time that I had like uh, dedicated, you know, engineers and, and kind of set sessions. And of course, everything ran through Derek D. Dot to, uh, you know, get uh, approved and everything like that. But it was um, amazing. So like a lot of the Mace interludes and um, the B.I.G., the, the locks, you know, I, I was uh, pretty much spearheading that the the collectives with the, the ideas you know so yeah outside of my production i got to uh work on all of those classic classic albums you know starting with um uh i'll say the first album i really got to to touch maybe was like um i think it was it was total uh faith uh the first albums and then uh um 112, I really didn't participate in. I mean, they were, they came in already having like a bunch of stuff together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, and then Stevie, that's when Stevie got involved too. Steve, Stevie's a beast, man. Um, so he kind of, kind of took care of that. And then um, the whole slew of rap albums after that. But yeah, man. So I got to play a really cool part. And um, it's funny, even the records I didn't produce. You know, like I said, I did the drops on them. So I, it's like my little essence in there, you know, if it feels feel good. And then, you know, also being around that, I was able to do things like um, uh, Notorious B.I.G. Uh, with his hit single, Hypnotize. Now, that was a record that was produced by um, Ron, Lawrence, and D-Dot. You know, they, they that was their thing. But what happened was, you know, back in those days, you know, Diddy, Diddy don't press no buttons. You know, he's doing it. He wanted some stuff changed. And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> so he did it, man. And I was able to slip in on that that hit record. You know, who knew it was going to be such a worldwide hit? You know? Yeah, dope, dope. And I'm sure you got tons of experiences and stories to tell as far as that. You know what I mean? Um, we kind of jump right in. I want to. We we jump kind of jump right into it, but I want to get a little more backstory on you, like you know the early beginnings of how you started, how you got into everything, man. Let, let us know that. Oh man, you know, uh, you know what? My I had an older brother who was like rapping, you know, and he he did some tracks. I was aware of it, uh, but not that familiar. He he took me to uh, Jazzy J had a, a studio in the Bronx back in the day. I went there like, you know, once or twice and, you know, it was like magical. Uh, but I really wasn't, really wasn't messing with it. And um, there was this, uh, there was this girl that I went to, uh, that was in the sixth grade with, that I had this big crush on. And I saw the movie House Party. And I was like, in order to get her to come to my house, I got to throw a party. So I asked my mom if I could have a party. And then I started like kind of DJing, you know, because I had to, you know, do the, do the music for the parties, you know, yeah. and um, you know, so that kind of started my interest in music. And then my real lucky uh, break, you know, if you could say, is was uh, when I, my first week of high school, 
you know, I went to uh, Cardinal Spelman in the Bronx and uh, I met this girl, man. She was beautiful, man. Beautiful. So I'm walking into the bus and, you know, I'm trying to just say everything in my, 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 my vocabulary, everything my 14 year old mind could think <laughs> of, you know, to, to get her phone number. And uh, after she left, this guy came up to me. He's like, yo, is that your girlfriend? You know, so I'm lying. I'm like, yeah. You know, <laughs> he said, man, you have great taste. Wow. He said, are you in the music? Right. Cause I think, I think I had like maybe like a, a record on me or something, you know? So, and I was like, uh, nah, not really. He's like, well, look, man, he gave me his card. He was like, I have a studio around the corner. He said, you're welcome to come by whenever you want. And that brother name was Greg Troutman. And well, that was, is, his, his name is Greg Troutman. And uh, this guy, he was a legit player in the business, man. And he like was a man of his word, literally let me sit in sessions. And I got to, you know, really catch the bug, you know, and I was able to be exposed to some great people like uh, Jesse West, you know, who at the time, he was actually working with Diddy. I was there when he created the uh, Reminisce remix for uh, mm. uh, Mary J. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching him do this, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was literally right there. Wow. Um, I saw him work with the Lost Boys, saw him work with, um, I mean, just tons of acts and Greg had the rough house of virus. He had yeah. this group back to back, uh, which we'll get into later too. Cause they come back in my story at a certain time. Uh, he had uh DMX early DMX. I got to meet DMX Joaquin, uh, from rough riders. I got to meet all of these people. And, and, and another point person I got to meet was his brother named top quality who was signed to Greg, he got signed to PMB Records. So at the time, you know, I'm just sitting there and I purchased like a little four second sampler. So I'm just looping stuff. And then it was like, it was the world to me, but me and Top Quality, we, we got a friendship and he was like, yo man, you know, he's like, yeah, you need to, you know, get your stuff together. And, and so he told me, he's like, yeah, you need the SP 1200, right? That's what Jesse West was using at the time. And it was like two thousand dollars. So he was like, "Yo, if you come up with one thousand, I'll, I'll give you the other thousand. Because oh. he, you know, he just got his deal, so he's all caked up. Uh, so, but still, as a fourteen-year-old, that's like still like a million dollars. You know, how are you gonna get that? You know, so I ended up uh, selling raffle tickets to to get the money. And then um, once uh, you know, I got the bread. Uh, you know, he he had amnesia. He totally forgot that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but damn. at that point, you know, it proved to my parents that how serious I was. Because I was out there slanging the raffle tickets, man. And luckily, I went to a Catholic school all my life, so I was used to selling shit. You know, chocolates and candies. It's funny, man. I felt as long as I had raffle tickets in my pocket, I always had money. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then from there, you know, just started creating. And like I said, Je you know, Jesse West was a really um, influential person for me. He gave me like some drum sounds and, and I met other brothers from there. My boy Trey Bag, who's yes, still sir. one of my good friends. My my boy uh, Raisin, who was in a group that Greg had, who is still one of my brothers today. You know, it's like it was such a important place for me to be. It was, it was straight up destiny, you know, like it was so much, so many blessings there, you know, so I really 
give a shout out to, to Greg, man. I really appreciate him opening um his his studio to me. I mean, shoot, who who does that? And he asked yeah. me for nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's uh highly appreciated. And then from there, you know, I uh, started meeting people and a lot of people wanted to sign me as a producer. And uh, I guess Pete Rock and um Seals moved, they had something and they broke up and they were they were offering me like equipment and all this stuff and uh, I I remember a few people saying that well they was gonna bring me to uh, Puff Daddy and uh, you know, it didn't really you know make a dent in my name because I thought he was an R and B guy I didn't really yeah. do R and B you know because I, I heard his name from Jesse as far as like Mary and Jodeci you know so yeah. I didn't I didn't even think about it but. Um, one day when he first came out with the Craig Mack record in 94, I was at school and um, these girls was talking about Craig Mack and Puff Daddy and these were cute girls. So I, uh, I, I couldn't, you know, I got inspired. I was like, I need to get down with that dude. <laughs> That was a driving force behind a lot, man. Them cute girls had yo, you. Yo, going, listen, bro. man. Listen, don't don't get me started, man. It's, it's all inspiration, all inspiration. But I uh, went in school and, and got on the phone and called information, got the number to the office, and I called the office. I was like, "Yo, I'm 16. I'm the dopest producer in the world." You know, I was talking yeah, mad yeah, shit. And, yeah. Uh, the receptionist, uh, she gave me a name, Harv Pierre, and uh, after that kept calling for Harv and I had one quarter left and I called my house and I have a brother named Harvey and I told him, I said, look, call this guy Harv Pierre and set up a meeting with me, with him. And by the time I got home from school, my brother set up the meeting for me. Oh, wow. And I, you know, I went and I met with Harv. Harv didn't like my music. <laughs> he didn't say it, but you know, you feel energy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't think I was going to hear from them again. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, Two days later, uh, you know, Puff wanted to meet me, and he was very vocal about it. He was like, "Yo, I don't like your music," you know. But he, he was like, "He's like, y you are idolizing the wrong people," you know. Because also at the time, you know, I was like the, the era of Pete Rock. Every joint I had had a horn in it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Was, that was that time, bro. We all did. That was that, was that time. time. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'll just take one Miles Davis record and just <laughs> go fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah. So he was like, "Yo, we're gonna put you. You know, we're gonna put you down, and and you're gonna learn this." And um, man, it was like the best education, you know, I ever received in life, and not just with music, just with with life and business. I mean, you know, some people pay hundreds of thousand dollars to go to to go to college, and and I got this. They paid me. You know, exactly. it was a great experience. Exactly, man. That's that's dope, bro. That's 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 yeah, really so that, that was my start, man. And then from there, you know, just seeing all those heavyweights like Chucky Thompson, um, Poke, you know, yeah. uh, from the Jack Masters. My God. Um, oh man, who else? Uh, freaking Nasheem Merrick. Um, who who even though like before he started producing, he was like a engineer and he always was i mean he was always creating you know he had he had some fire i mean he told me in 94 he played me the the uh the loop for um from um the dramatics in the rain he was like yeah big want this for his next album you know what i'm saying wow like, two years before you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it was um 
it was a great time. Great time. I can only imagine, bro. Um, so yeah, I mean, and in your story, we have some similarities in, in in the sense that a person that was very instrumental in my professional career as a producer was Greg Trotman. Played the same yeah. type of role, bro. He, that guy to this day, I love Greg, bro. Shout out to Greg Trotman, bro. Um, responsible for a lot of people's starts from DMX to, like you just said, Magnum. Uh, Top quality with Magnum Opie. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, Champ MC, you can go on for days, bro. Greg was. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, MC yeah. West, I we could go on for days, bro. Greg is, yeah, Greg we is that get guy. That too. Um, Champ, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, bro, you, you, I mean, I know we, we speeding through it. It seems like it's happening overnight, but I, I know it's, like you said, it's a process. You, you signed on with Puff in 94. What was your actual first placement that, as either Hitman or just credited your name, Young Lord? My first placement was like um, a year later, maybe late 95. And what it was, it was, um, yeah, I guess it was 95. New Edition, they came to work on their Home Again album. I remember So Puff's in the studio playing them beats, right? And he got a call. So they, you know, he went out of the studio. So... You know, I just take out my tape, start playing beats. <laughs> Took that initiative, bro. That's the only way. Hey, hey listen, well, you know, you got these guys here, right? And uh, yeah, so, I, you know, playing beats and Mike Bivens, man, who's freaking genius, man. Uh, this guy's like, so, yo, you did that? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right. And then, um, so Puff comes back in and Mike's like, yo, yo, let me talk to you for a second. Yo, Puff looked at me like, like, what the fuck did you do this? Time? You know, what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was always just like just <laughs> doing shit, you know. <laughs> so um, Mike took him out, and then they called me in there, and he's like, "All right, so you know, Mike's gonna have you produce this group called Subway." So I worked with uh, Subway, and it was it was crazy, man. They, I went to Atlanta, and these guys, uh, you know, were young guys like me. You know, so I never really worked on any R and B. So it's like a, it's it's just we ended up doing like a Pepsi commercial. Um, that was that was crazy, man. It was a, it was a great experience. But Michael Bivens was my first check outside of, um, you know, Puff giving me my initial money, and then after that, uh, Chucky Thompson, who was one of the hitmen, he had a production deal at epic and he had a group called the power three mm-hmm. so I ended up doing some records for them so that they gave me some dough and then um I was, and then from there um it was just a, a lot of demos actually a lot of demos but luckily i like i said when i was at greg's spot i met joaquin mm-hmm. and you know so i would for some reason always bump into him and he's, hey, I'm working on this, I'm working on that. And then, you know, he took me up to the studio in Yonkers and he was working with the locks. He was working with X. So I ended up um, doing a bunch of records with them and um, uh, those that became placements later. Not at the time though, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? Then, gotcha. And X too, but it was like, um, it was at the right time because as soon as those guys hit, like X thing happened so fast. They had just pulled records that they already, already had. had you yeah. know what I mean? 
And luckily I was in the mix in that album, five million records, you know, that was a huge, huge project. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was a, um, a magical experience. And, but I say the first thing that I can, when I think of my first placement outside of what I just told you, uh, is big pun, you know, big, big pun. Uh, you ain't a killer. You ain't a killer. Um, one of the hardest beats. That's one of the yeah, hardest beats, yeah, bro. Yeah. And what was, was so dope about that record, um, there was a project I was working on before. Like I said, I think of it as my first placement, but it, it wasn't. But there was this project I was working on that was supposed to be like some East Coast, West Coast combination thing. We're going to have Ghostface on it and this kid named Mac Maul from Oakland. Mm-hmm. And Mac Maul was signed to Relativity Records. And Fat Joe was signed to Relativity Records. So one day we went to lunch with relativity, you know, with like the, oh, the A&Rs and stuff. And gotcha. I ended up meeting Fat Joe and we ended up talking and he's like, Hey, you know, I got a project I'm working on, you know, I want to um, talk to you about. And he ended up bringing pun to my house and I'm from the Bronx. They're from the Bronx, Bronx yeah. you know, like literally like maybe 15 minutes away. Uh, so pun came and, you know, we, we ended up working on records, but that, that, record that you ain't a killer beat was supposed to be for ghostface and mac mall so that's why i had that mm. those west coast like yeah. um uh, synth lines in there yeah. you know um and uh the pun just he just destroyed it man and I, I was so happy about that you know and he's a really good he was a really good dude man yeah that's that, that's a classic run and a staple one of one of pun's earlier records um um so our joint that you did, uh, that I was unfamiliar. I had to go do some research myself and check the credits. Um, the point record with Wyclef. You did that, the uh, Caribbean Connection? Yeah, Caribbean Connection, man. Caribbean Another Connection. one of my favorites. Yeah, that was crazy. Oh, my God. See, that, would, that joint, how that came about. Um, so after I graduated high school, I still went to college. I went to Seton Hall, which was in Jersey. So it wasn't, it wasn't far from home. And one thing that's dope about going to school, you know, I, I met a bunch of young guys who wanted to do what I was doing, you know, so it, it, I was able to kind of like build up a cool team. Hold on, hold on one and second. Hold on. Let me, let me interrupt you for a quick second. You're telling sure. me why you was doing all of this with Hitman, you were in college too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. I, like, I remember like Puff was like, why are you going to college for it? And <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to college. I still don't. But it was it was it was necessary for me as a person, and also I met a lot of lifelong friends. So I'm, I'm like, it was a gotcha. it was a win win. And one of my close, you know, boys, you know, to this day's brother named uh, Don, man, he his father was like a, a DJ, you know, um, from um, he was a Jamaican DJ. So he had this this. Um, record he has johnny osborne you know and you know i'm not familiar with this stuff you know i didn't grow up in, in, into you know that that music so um dom was he played me this joint and i was like Ooh, what is that i was like let me get that let me get that then i took the loop and then uh looped it up and and um you know pun pun liked it you know and, and we were able to make it happen Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, that that that's one of my favorites, bro. Um so 
being a hip hop producer, a producer in general, we're gonna say hip hop. Um, but I know your your roots started in that. Um oh, yeah. this is a question I always ask. Um, what's your what what are you favor or against or with the, the you, I, clearly that was a sample. So do you like samples, interpolations, or versus like original creations? Mm. I mean, I like it all. It's um you know, of course started with samples and got to you know the um the playing original stuff when Swiss hit, you know, because nobody was trying to clear any samples after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? What? I remember that. Couldn't, couldn't move a sample beat yeah. at that time. Oh, you got a sample? Nah, nah, nah. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, so it had to transform and and you know, one thing that was really dope is I was able to always like i always had an open vibe and i say producers should have this as well like um because you should never get to the point where you can't learn from somebody no matter what success i had or was going to have i always open myself up to young people or people my whoever was dope you know like so i yeah. can learn something from them too and uh ryan leslie who mm. uh, was one of my guys uh, he actually helped me kind of fine tune my my uh, musical uh, skills that gave me another 10 years in my career. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. <laughs> it really did. So um, yeah, I, I love it all. I just, I just love, um, my goal as a producer and especially now is um, to create uh, energy, feelings, you know, a hit, I feel a hit is just a potent feeling that yeah. everybody wants to feel again and again and again. So I try and tap into stuff on purpose and, um, you know, whether it's making you happy, whether it's making you sad, whether it's making you feel love, whatever that is, to be able to tap into that that vibe and see it all the way through from the beat to the lyrics to the, to the mix of it, that it's all congruent and working together. So I I um I don't care how I get there, but I, 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 I as long as I get there, you know. So I, I'll get I'll be inspired from any anywhere. You know? Got you, got you. And also being um, an established producer that's transcend different generations, um, we now in a current age where it's a lot of emailing tracks back and forth and studio sessions without the producer being involved in the process, which. Do you prefer, I know you come from an era of being there, making the music and making the records. Um, to me, you know, was where a lot of the magic happens. Um, what do you prefer, working in the studio with artists directly or, you know, emailing back and forth? Yeah, man. Fuck that email. You know, <laughs> I, I, have a, yeah. I have a course that I just dropped with uh, my boy Sound Oracle, who's like one of the, oh, yeah. the best sound designers out there. Uh, we put together a course called The Producer's survival manual and we teach pe people how to make money consistently right and i understand that emailing is a thing and you know you gotta do it sometimes but it's about having access to the artists and there's a way to do that but you have to you have to touch them not yeah. physically but you know what i'm saying you have to be able to sell your ideas you have to come up with a vision and you have to sell it to them you do that you create a way where you can have multiple placements on a record instead of just maybe one song. You know, it's, there's like a lot of producers that I know who, you know, produce different artists and never met them. Mm -hmm. You know, what, yeah. what, what's that? You know, 
like I, I give an example all the time, like this, uh, I mean, there's a few of them, but like uh, LL Cool J, who was one of my heroes, you know, I always wanted to work with him just because I was a fan. You know, I just, you know, come on. I, I was being him when I was nine, but I'm mad. You know, I'm doing him 100%. So when I knew I was going to meet with him, I, uh, you know, I just couldn't give him no beats, man. This guy worked with Molly Mall. This guy worked with track masters this guy worked with everybody you can't just give this guy no beat i have to yeah, yeah. you know what so you know I, I i found that he had two books so I, I picked both of them up and i don't know what i was looking for but i was looking for clues in the first book it was like a workout diet book so i realized from that that i need to get my ass in the gym you know i was a little skinny guy you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. i was like all right i'm gonna get him so that that inspired me there and then the second thing I, from his other book, I, it's like a, a biography, you know, I was like, wow, his grandmother did all these great things for him, you know, and um, I quickly went through his catalog, realized he didn't do any songs about it. So I had this girl who, she was a, a lyricist, so I was like, I gave her this beat I did like three years ago. I was like, I write a hook to this joint, and, um, you know, when we had the meeting, you know, I had a, I didn't even record it. I had her singing in his ear. I put on, I, I said, wow. yo, you know, I read your books and your grandmother is like a phenomenal person, you know, and it's, you need to do a song, you know, praising her. And he was like, damn, you know, you're right. So I put on the beat, he sung, you know, she sung the hook. The next thing out of his mouth was get that man his check. He didn't ask <laughs> how much, he didn't ask what. He said, get that man his check. And, um, not only did we end up, we, we, that record, I, I learned a lot of stuff from Ella from there, but I built a relationship where I ended up doing like a Gatorade commercial for him and like two other records. And, and, uh, you know, if I need wow. him today, I'll be able to, you know, reach him. So it's, uh, you know, that comes from me being able to touch him. If I would have just sent him a beat, he wouldn't have got it. I had to give him the vision. I had to walk him there, you know? So, you know, all these other producers out there, you know, you have to create a vision for the artist. You have to become an A&R now, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and decide for them where they need to go. Now, listen, you could be wrong, but you need to be confident. You know what I'm saying? And respect because that anyway. Yeah, that, that, that. respect that. And yeah. a lot of times, you know, artists, you know, and the really like super great ones, they listen. Yeah. LL Cool J is a great because he listens. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Fact. Drake listens. That's you know what I'm fact. saying? So if you are, have confidence and you are convinced yourself, there's a chance that they will be convinced. And then if it works out, they'll lean on you. That You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You'll make way more money. So you need to create access. And if you do have problems with access, you know, hey, listen, like I said, you know, you need to look up the producer survival manual. You can find it on <laughs> soundoracle.net. Uh, but it's very important that you have that personal human contact. Yeah, that's a fact. Ironically, bro, our stories have so many similarities to the to the point that you know the original record, the Big Mama on that album, we produced. Me and my, my production partner. Yeah, yeah, we produced. You did. I think you did a remix too, right? We produced. No, no, well, the thing the thing what happened is no. This is this is what happened. 
we did i did the the original he did it over with you guys and then oh, I did okay it. yeah you're right yeah. and then yeah, you did yeah, it again. yeah yeah you're yeah, right because yeah, yeah. they gave me yeah. originally they gave me vocals with uh casey and jojo singing casey on the and jo- that session was the worst session i ever had in my life <laughs> i can only imagine oh my that's god that's crazy it took us all day but you know what it was uh LL taught me how to deal with people like that because they came in intoxicated. I mean, that was a whole different story, but I, I learned so much. Um, I, I learned so much, but that that idea was from reading that book, and and it turned into not just that, but a relationship over several exactly. things to where, yeah. like you know, they's like, ah, right, this is not going to work. They sent it to you. And then they send in it right back, you know, to me, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So it, it's, um, it, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you can really create a relationship with an artist, you yeah. know, like, like I did with pun, like I did with Joe, like I did with, uh, any of these guys, you know, it, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's that's dope. Some, like I said, some of the similarities. We got to work closely with him, did some more records with him. We did the record with him and Puff on that same album after school. And we did it. We got to do a Dr. Pepper commercial with him after that. We had exactly what you're saying. We formed a relationship <laughs> with him, and we got to yeah. work with him on albums to come. We did a record later on down the line on his on another album with him. You know what I mean? So definitely, that's a key point. So all the up and coming producers out there, of course, you got your DMs, you got the access to email people beats and ideas. But take it a step further. If you could bring, if you could put a record with a hook on it, if you could, if you don't feel like, look, this is my only chance of seeing this person pretty or get into this person pretty much put you know everything you can into it not just email a beat or a bunch of beats with no personality no character yeah like be very intentional when you're reaching out to these people and know what you're saying know what you have to offer that way they'll respect it and value it more instead of just yeah yeah give me that you gotta plan for it's worth it it's (laughs) it's it's worth it like listen this the, the money the royalties you receive everything you know it's worth it it's worth it you do that some, something I always admired about you just following your career and, and um, your, all your successes and things that you went through. Um, I know there's a stigma <laughs> when you hear Diddy, you hear Bad Boy, you hear not not so much Hitman because I've never really heard any Hitman say anything bad about him. But just personally, I, I, knowing you and, and uh, knowing your story, um, I've never I've, I, I see that to me the way I perceive it. This is just my perception. Um, good or bad, you took the experiences as they were, and um, you just built on them. It's not like there's not a bunch of clips online with you talking negative about Puff. There's not a lot of oh, disrespect oh, toward him. You'll um, never hear me talking about Puff like that. Let's, do you understand that he put me in a position to become a motherfucking millionaire? Exactly. 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 Yo, Everybody, mean, people I mean, hear that? Do you hear that? And, and let me tell you, all, all the producers out there, right? Uh, and and I'm not talking about anybody's particular story. There's a lot yeah. of stories out there, people knocking them. I don't know. But my experience is, um, number one, everything, you learn from everything. And when you learn from the best, you become you become sharp. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And with success, there's renegotiation. Of course, deals aren't going to be great at the beginning. That's with anybody. But when you succeed, you know, you freaking step back to the table. That's your responsibility to do that. And you renegotiate. And then you, um, I mean, listen, you, you, you learn, <laughs> you learn, but bro, anybody that puts you in position to win for, you know, 
listen, man, I've never had a job in my life, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I have children, I have wife, and they're good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and like I said, I'm thankful to Greg for opening that studio to me at the beginning. And I'm thankful for Diddy for showing me not just um, getting me those records, but the passion required to win in anything mm-hmm. that you do. The team that you needed to set up in order to win in anything that you do. Man, yeah, you ain't going to hear me saying <laughs> nah, that. that. I, yeah, man, I, I definitely respect that about you, brother. Um, <laughs> quick question. Um, so we, we talked about, so, I mean, so let's just bring it up to speed currently. You, you spoke about the um, project that you have with uh, Sound Oracle and with the uh, with the course and stuff. Just if you want to expound on some of the things you got going on today, just so people can see that you can have a long career in this and still, and, and again, be relevant and transcend generations. Um, what do you got going on now? Well, you know what? For many years, like, so after I really, like, production slowed down for me, maybe around 2008 or so. And I I wanted to get out of my publishing contract with, with Diddy. So I had this like meeting with him and explained to him, I wanted to sign new guys, whatever. And he was like, look, you know, he's like, I believe you're going to do everything you say you're going to do. He's like, you know, you just need to, I don't think you're ready yet. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, he said this one thing too. He's like, when you do do this, you're going to have a, a writer that's going to come to you and say the same thing. And you're going to have to tell him that uh, he has to stay in your contract because you had to stay in mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, bro, (laughs) what could you say to that, right? (laughs) But what he did was he let me work in Janice Combs to to learn, uh, to Janice Combs Publishing. So I got to understand licensing and working that end. And then I ended up becoming friends with a brother named Kevin Thompson, who was a business affairs guy over there. Then we left to start our own operation uh, called License to Rock. And um, But what happened is when we got into that, licensing is, is very different, where it's like quick. It's You have to have things ready. It's oh, yeah. um, it, it, So, you know, commercials, you know, TV mostly. So it was a different vibe and we created this um, pipeline that we had to keep filled. So that kind of turned me into more like a coach of trying to find other creatives to fill that pipeline. Took me away from being creative. And then um, from there, you know, I started flipping houses. I started buying houses uh, because in music, you know, a lot of time people make money, a lot of money, and then life happens and then they don't. And so yeah. I would buy the houses from them and stop them from foreclosure, whatever cases, fix them up, sell them. Uh, so I started doing that too. And then all of these things that were like really great for me, but it took, it was not music. You know, I went yeah. did my family, you know, did that whole thing. And then this uh, summer, I, I don't know, one day I woke up and I started feeling creative, you know, and I was like, I told my wife, I was like, look, I'm about to go back in. And she's like, she's like, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. You she's got like, bit by that, that bug again. I was like, well, it means that, you know, hey, I'm not going to be here yeah. around a lot. Like, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be in my office. I'm going to be, you know, just, you know, doing whatever. And uh, luckily our baby, you know, our youngest is, she's uh, two, you know, so she's okay. kind of like, we kind of got a good, routine with her and um 
So as I started to go back in, I said, what I'm going to do this time that I didn't do last time is I really want to get super uh, technical with it. Like last time I I really felt that I wish I would have learned mixing better because I always had like a a issue with my drums. I always felt they weren't heavy enough, you know? And um, so this time I started focusing on that. That was the first thing I did. I started doing research and uh, I linked up with Oracle. I was about to say you with the right guy. Yeah, yeah. Right he, he, he has the, you know, he uses drums. And what's yeah. funny is, uh, uh, one of my, one of my people was telling me, "Hey, you need to check this guy out. He has some drums, some dope stuff." So I checked. I mean, I got some of his stuff, and it was really good. And then uh, I did a uh, just a, uh, I hit him up, DM, you know, on the Instagram, like, "Yo, you know, I want to talk to you about what I'm doing as far as how can I get my sound to be better." And come to find out is that you know early in his career i we had met and i helped him you know with some stuff back then so it was just like you know it was all good he was like whatever i can do you know to help you so i've been in my creative bag just kind of uh learning uh different things training my ear and and learning the new technology as far as like the fl i'm learning that new akai software uh i'm learning all these different dogs to see which one really fits. And um, I mean, they, FL is pretty dope, man. I kind of, I kind of like it so far. It's, okay. it's just quick. It's just quick. And and that's, you want to be able to, you know, get, get your, your sound. Ideas out. So yep. I'm um, yeah. So I'm going through the process and it, it feels good. And it's from a place, thankfully that it's not like, you know, I need to get a placement. Yeah, it's not out of desperation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> You know, it's coming from a good place of really want to make sure it feels right. So I'm producing right now. I'm back in this thing. Okay. And I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. So y'all can like some stuff's going down this year. Like I've already like uh, you know got some things moving. So it, it's it's gonna be a a great time. Okay. So so all the up and coming artists, you can go bomb my man right here. You young Lord hey. beats are back and and and. In business, bro, please, you gotta get with them. Please do, please do. You gotta please get with them. And, and and also, you know, I'm here for uh, anybody who wants to, uh, you know, move forward and feel stuck, need some inspiration, uh, some knowledge or something. Because, like I said, it was it was poor. You know, all of that was poured into me. It's like I'm I'm exactly. here not because of I'm I'm not a great super great producer. I'll be real with you. I'm not Timbaland or like a Pharrell or a Swiss. You know these these guys. Like I said, they're wired a little differently. Uh, but so many great people have poured into me that I've been able to maneuver and and make things happen, and also like uh, be able to connect with my you know my emotions to make this music you know what yeah. i'm saying and that's what it's about it feels good man it feels good when you make a great song man yes indeed brother okay man um so you you kind of tapped on my last question was hardware versus software um you dabbled on it a little bit but but where you where you at with that right now i know we in a new tech wow you, you know what um it's weird man because see ryan leslie back in 2000 and Two, 2002 he he was like yo fuck all that hardware <laughs> like he he taught me how to make beats and pro tools you know um wow. so there's a certain uh, flow that goes with that that i love um 
but now you know i'm trying stuff out and i got that new kai software with the pads and yeah 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 fun you know what i'm saying yeah, like, yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. so right now i'm going with the spirit so right now it's it's it's, it's fun i'm going to be fun you know what i'm saying there you go the fun. that's what it is man okay so man we're gonna wrap up today uh, today's episode to check the credits with Young Lord, man. Again, want to thank thank you for coming on and, oh, and no, sharing your story. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me, and um, you know, for all the listeners out there, you know, like I said, please feel free. You can find me on Instagram, Rich Young Lord, uh, Richard Young Lord on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> but you know, just just holler, you know, see what we could do, and and of course, you know, go to soundoracle.net, check out that that course we did. It's freaking it's it's the real deal i'm so proud of it that's know? what it is man so once again and concluding in a uh a episode of check the credits we'll be back in with y'all pretty soon next week um so until then continue to check the credits y'all we out peace peace